Closet Internet, and welcome to Two Guys in SharePoint. The only SharePoint show in South Africa where everything is not made up and we talk a lot of Azure. And Office 365 and Power Apps and Flow and all the lovely things from Microsoft. How's it going, Al? All right, and you, Mr. Modlin? Yeah, busy times, eh? It is, it is. Um, and I'd like to formally apologize for no guests on the show this week, primarily because I actually have a real day job, um, which has been keeping me busy um, considerably. You know what it's like. Everyone wants it now, and then they don't commit, and then they realize, well, the budget runs out by March, and then the first week that they're back, they need to commit. So that's been my life. Uh, this is version two of 2017 for me, not 2018. Well, I hope the year is a fantastic one. And because of time pressures, we're going to motor right through this, get you guys all the news and the usual segments, keep you up to date, and you'll get a bit of a tighter episode today, I'm hoping. So we're starting off with our first segment, Al, which is... In the news. That's so much more fun when I've recently seen you actually do it for real. <laughs> did you did you visualize what I just did? I did. It was fantastic. All right. So I think let's let's jump in. I see that. Uh, so for the listeners out there, every week we have we use OneDrive, well not OneDrive, OneNote extensively, and we have show notes, right? And I've seen now this week that one of the segments is now a power app segment that's been added. It's just been added. You notice, ladies and gentlemen, how much attention Al pays to the show notes. Because for the last few weeks, we've had a SharePoint 0365 segment, we've had an Azure segment, and we've had a Flow segment and a Power App segment. He's just glossed over these. And now I've rearranged it a little bit. Um, there's no Azure news and there's no Flow news this week. So there's just a Power Apps and this catches his eye and he's like, oh, wow. That is, that is actually very true. You're trying to boil a frog and I'm the frog. Well, yeah, uh, just that's, slowly that's, work it in there. All right. So let's, let's go through the SharePoint slash Office 365 news for the week. Um, first up, Microsoft has started testing end-to-end -end encrypted Skype conversations. So if you are in the first release program, you might be having this now. So that's good. They're catching up with sort of the rest of telephony providers in providing that service. So at the moment, I think it's supposed to be for audio and the text messaging, and that will roll up to video and everything else you can do through Skype for Business. What, what does it mean though? What does it mean though? Is it like encryption for WhatsApp? Yes, it's the same thing. So your your conversation is encrypted between those two people. So nobody else, if they interrupt the, if they get between you and like pull a bunch of the bytes, they can't do anything with it because it's encrypted. Right, right, right. Okay. Well, that's quite neat though. I, I didn't know it was a thing. I didn't know it wasn't a thing because one would naturally expect it to be encrypted. Um, the fact that it isn't is kind of scary, so I'm glad they've Well, like, Microsoft is at the high level, but this is per conversation. So my conversation with you is encrypted separately to the one I have with uh, somebody oh, sure. at the office. Yeah, yeah. Each, one is, each one is separate. So 
theoretically not even microsoft has the look into the actual bits and bobs in there so, and what's actually going down because so it's all programmatic is this skype consumer i take it or skype for business or both it's, it's skype consumer yeah next up microsoft have also announced they're rolling out uh onedrive for business files files restore which is a little bit of a clunky name for the functionality but it's actually really cool so starting in late January and through February, they'll be rolling this out to OneDrive, OneDrive for business users. Um, and it's a, it is what it says. It restores your old files. So it'll keep a record for the last 30 days. And if you have a user who accidentally deletes everything or it gets corrupted or um, some malware infestation takes place or whatever the case is, you can then restore it to a point in the past 30 days. And you just get the whole lot back to there. Did did you actually do did you actually do real real research on this uh, modeling for the show, or, or did you just ad lib a, a lot of that? I didn't ad lib it. I I read it in an article. So yes, the files restore feature was actually released or uh, made public at uh, Ignite this year. So it's a long-awaited piece of tooling that I'm very excited about. People can have a lot more confidence in everything they're putting in OneDrive for Business, I think, with this. Just makes a little more idiot proof. Yes, it's exactly that, because humans are dumb. All right. Oh, look, someone sent me a picture of something. And click, and it shows up, you know? Yep. So it's because people are dumb, and people open up every email attachment, and they stick unprotected USB disks or sticks into their machines, and they get infected that way. And this is yep. too idiot-proof, the product. But it's a, it's a great feature. I'm not sure if it's uh, files restore, yeah. But it's, I think the technology is the same as Windows Timeline. I think it is much the same so thing, can, yeah. From what roll, it sounds roll, like. You can roll back, yeah. Yeah, you can roll it back. Yeah, the functionality is basically the same. I don't know what the underlying technology is, but it... it Seems that it would line up in much the same way, which is super. No, cool. it's, it's awesome. Do you have any SharePoint 0365 news for us? Al? Bulk metadata editing. Let me say that again. Okay. Bulk metadata editing. But yes, bulk metadata editing. It's a great feature, being able to add multiple things at a term level. Uh, last but not least, for this section, because we have to eventually go over to Power Apps. Uh, practical guidance for audio conferencing in Microsoft Teams. So. Because Skype is moving across to Microsoft Teams, naturally the conversation would start. So we've got Skype Broadcast, which is not Teams on air, and all of these broadcast functionality and audio conferencing functionality. How do we move from Skype towards Teams? And the Teams uh, product group or the Teams engineering team have been spending a lot of time providing and, and publishing great content around what to do with audio conferencing, practical stuff around how to spin up audio conferencing inside of Teams. Looking at uh, business cases, also identifying how to go about doing that. So it's great. Remember, Teams is a great departure from Skype for Business. So there's a lot of things to take into consideration. I think I may have written an article about it. But yes, uh, the documentation that's coming out of, of Microsoft right now and being uploaded to docs.microsoft.com no longer is a technical article because all of that is moving across to docs.microsoft.com. Um, very exciting times and it's great to see that 
Carolina and a team are, are doing amazing things around this. That is very cool. So what's the best way for people to get a hold of that? Just go to docs.microsoft.com yeah, so and do a search for audio up, conferencing. Uh, docs.microsoft.com, navigate to Microsoft, Microsoft Teams, and uh, there's an entire, like the old wiki stuff, the so plan, adopt, manage, guest access, and then under the cloud voice section, it talks about uh, audio conferencing. Cool. Fantastic. And also, you can get more information on Microsoft Teams playbooks and use cases if you head over to the Fast Track Center. They have got a productivity library, and if you search the productivity library, you'll find great use cases for Teams. Awesome. That's a great resource for all the listeners. Well, it came out of my mouth, so it better be great, Martin. It always is, Al. Thank you. It Thank always you. Is. you know, I need, I need, seeing if they pay you to do the show, they don't pay me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, Jedi mind tricks don't work. All right. Cool. So there is a little bit of Power Apps news this week. We've only got two items. Um, one of them is Microsoft have released an update for um, the supported platforms for the best performance for Power Apps. So I'll just run through them quickly. It's nothing you'd be particularly surprised by. Android, you want a version 7 or higher device with at least 4 gigs of RAM. In the browser, they want you to use Edge or Chrome. On iOS, you want version 10 or higher devices with at least 2 gigs of RAM. Windows Desktop, they want you to have the Windows 10 Full Creators Update with at least 8 gigs of RAM. Full Creators Update is also now on the enterprise so, sorry, scale, sorry, stop, so that's stop, fine. Stop, 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 stop. So is this to consume power apps or to produce power apps? I think it's either. This is for best performance. You can run it on other things, but depending on the data loads and all of that and so, so is there like a, like a frame rate, you know, for Power Apps? Is there like, uh, is it loading texture maps that you need 8 gigs of RAM for Windows? Desktop? I don't know. I mean, it's a giant screen, so it's going to render a bunch of stuff. I, I, I don't know. I haven't seen any vast detail in it. And obviously it works on less than that. But if you want the best performance possible, this is what they're suggesting. And another interesting bit that came out of that uh, announcement by Microsoft is that they are discontinuing support for Power Apps, the preview app, on Windows Phone starting on February 1st. So if you are still on Windows Phone for some reason, first of all, hit me up on Twitter. I'd love to hear it. And secondly, time to move. So just on that, you know why Microsoft... Well, what, uh, it's an interesting thing. You know that there's, that rumors have been reignited about the Surface Phone. Yes. All right. So some information came out after that that sort of kind of adds fuel to the fire. So Microsoft and Google have been working towards a common denominator, common standard through the use of progressive web apps. I'm not sure if I spoke about it last week. I don't think so. So you know what the problem is? So you know you worked in Teams, right? Yeah. The browser version and the, the application version, the desktop version. And there are things that you can't do in browser that you can do in the app. It's like the UWP OneNote app versus the Office 2016 OneNote yeah. app. Yeah. All right. Uh, just bear in mind that with Office 2019, the OneNote is not shipping. They want you to use the UWP. So Google's gone and, and Microsoft's come together and they want to build applications that are web apps but get consumed like desktop apps. If that makes sense. It's not really. What do you mean? So like right. you'd, you'd access it th through the web, but it'll take, but it'll actually run locally. It'll do the processing Co locally. 
Correct, correct. Hmm. So think of what a UWP is, right? Yeah. Like a UWP. But if you've got a standard, a progressive web app will be seen by Windows as a universal Windows platform app. Yeah, that's all to do with sort of how it's encapsulated and making sure it only deals with itself and doesn't bleed over into the rest of the system and like it's got to present up front what rights it wants to whatever and all that sort of jazz. It's almost like it's an interpreter, like they're building an interpreter, Mm. like a service bus that will translate for you. But so that your web experience and your desktop experience is the same across devices, across platforms. Apple hasn't really come to the party, but they'll probably... Of course not. (laughs) But for now, it's it's, it's Microsoft and Google um, doing great things in that space. I'm looking forward to that. And then just another little piece of Power Apps news. If you're building big, complicated apps, interesting to know, um, you can now adjust the row limits for non-delegated queries in Power Apps. Before, you couldn't, and it limited it to 500 rows. Now you can set it from one to 2,000. I mean, you you should be doing delegated queries, but in some instances you just can't delegate the you just can't delegate that stuff and you have to pull it all through. So now you can up it if you need to. or if you can delegate everything, then you can just set it to one and make sure that the app is isn't storing any of that data and it'll make it a lot faster and more efficient. So what was that? I was scrolling through my Instagram feed. It was some really cool stuff on Power Apps that you will never know now. Oh, uh, back to Instagram. Okay. All right. Is, is that it for the Power Apps wrap-up? I think that's it for all the news, eh, Al? Well, I've got my other segment that, that I still have. Okay. Do tell. So, new features Al didn't know about of the week. Yeah. Let me ask you, Mr. Modlin, have you dealt with financial services organizations? I have, yes. All right. And you know that risk is a big thing for them, right? Yeah. It, everything's so everything's based on it, basically. So risk management, and they've got a whole bunch of things around risk management, and they use a RACI, which is a, I forget what it what it is, a responsibility. It's a it's sort of what they what they gravitate towards. So um, they implement RACI standards: responsible, accountable, consulted, and informed. Yeah, there's there, there's a bunch of of different sort of ways you can do it. It basically does come down to that. They've got systems in place to analyze the amount of risk and whether a decision should be made or not, all that sort of jazz. So there's also there's also the internal risk of employees working there when it comes to policies that are implemented and instituted inside of financial services um, organizations or the financial services industry. Yeah. And yes, I've actually literally built a policy center using the record center and record libraries and send to connections with a drop of library. Okay. So I've built this. Okay. So you can use content approval to get a draft to a final version, send to connection to the drop of library, classify, categorize, it now has a retention and a disposition. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Policy. Policy. You know, I mean I I I, I that's my shit. You know, your shit is power apps and the other shit. My shit is those things. All right. What we had from a, a customer recently was that it's great to be able to create the policy SharePoint does. But one, we want to tell everyone about it and we want to make sure that they've acknowledged that they've read it. Yeah. And we want to be able to report on it to say, these new policies were deployed this month and 73% of our workloads actually read it. That is from a, a different thing, yeah. 
Yeah, you, you'd love to have that sort of reporting. That's very yeah. difficult to pull who's read a document. Yeah, and being able to wrap policy creation all the way to destruction. Yeah. And I stumbled across a company called ConvergePoint, who provides numerous different applications for Office 365 and SharePoint Server on-prem. And one of it is a policy management uh, framework. Poli- they actually call it policy management software for Microsoft SharePoint. And it does all of these things. So something that gives you real-time dashboards, it gives you search and reports, a review and approval. The big one for me is the acknowledgement so that you can track employees, have understood policies and procedures because they, you're literally clicking the box. It says, I've understood. I know that there's a new policy or a procedure implemented in the organization. And this is not, spe- this is not only specific to financial services. Thinking of, think about um, retail, uh, manufacturing, construction specifically. Because if there's a new, you know, mining, yeah. petrochemical. Yeah. In mining stuff, yeah. And, and anywhere where those are, are mission critical documents and you want to make sure that everybody has said, yeah. yes, I've seen So that. this is ex- exciting stuff. And the nice thing is you can literally go, it's an office add-in, bloom, deploy, and you've got that famous 40-type functionality. So I'm very excited. So is, it, is, is that on-prem, in the cloud? Both. 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 Nice. Yeah. So I think they support all the way back to SharePoint 2010, to tell you the truth. Cool. Converge point. Converge point, yes. 2010, 2016, and SharePoint Online. They've got a whole nice. bunch of other ones there. Policy management, incident management, safety management, employee training. Um, I'm interested in, the, in, the, in the, the policy management software. It's perfect. It's great. Absolutely great. With the GDPR coming right now as well, um, very important stuff. Sweet. And then very quickly on to our last segment of the show. Go with the flu. I had a bit of a brainwave the other day. So today with Go with the Flow, I'm going to present you a use case for one of the connectors. So they've got the Excel connector, right? Yeah. So if you have a spreadsheet in SharePoint or or in OneDrive, you or can... I think you could even do it from a file share through the data gateway. Yeah. You you can perform a bunch of actions on it, take out rows, select specific yeah. cells or Very tables cool. or whatever. Very cool. Very cool. Very handy stuff. So I'm like, how is that actually useful? And like it's useful a lot. I don't know if this has happened to you, but I find a lot of companies, maybe more the the medium than the really large enterprises, but a bunch of companies I know work out of Excel spreadsheets. Everyone lives in Excel, mate. Everyone. Yeah, but and and that's it. That's where all the company's data is. That's where everybody's work is. And moving people off of using Excel is very difficult. Yeah, forget about it. Forget the, about it. Forget, forget about, about it. it. So people are really invested in it. And a lot of these companies have very good templates and all of that. You know, they're they're well-developed Excel spreadsheets, but at the end of the day, they're Excel spreadsheets and all the data is trapped in them. But now it's not really. So now you can take that Excel spreadsheet that you're working on, you can have it in OneDrive for business, and then using the Flow Excel connector, whenever there's an update to that file, or you make, or you upload a new one in, it can go in and strip all the data out of that push it into a SharePoint list or a database somewhere, and you can do a bunch of reporting off of it. No, it's very cool. So you can, you can get all the advantages of having structured data sets, you know, like, oh, we put everything in a SQL or we've got a whatever, but you don't have to completely retrain the business and 
change entirely how they work. Yeah, that's the that's the cool part. Yeah, write it back, use a flow to grab it because it's been updated and then injected into SQL, and now you can dashboard yeah. it. And now you can dashboard it. You can run whatever analytics you need off of it without uh and you can start doing stuff like making sure that there's no huge discrepancies all over the place all that sort of stuff which is I, like i had a brainwave of that the other day i, I wouldn't I built, like some more like a brain fart than a brain wave maybe a brain fart yeah but i've fairly recently built some hyper complicated solutions to replace excel spreadsheets that people have developed because that's the only thing they had and why you don't have to spend all that time it's working put that put this in place now see what all the data does and then maybe start moving away from excel so i thought that was cool nobody's going to move away from Excel. one day we will uh the millennials are coming in i don't know how interested they're going to be in learning the massively complicated the, the excel formulas students, mate that they're still yeah there. but they're boring we can ignore they're not them. boring don't speak about my kids like Anyhow, moving along, are we done with your little thing? I think, yes. I think that's about the size of the show for us today. We're getting it lean and mean, hey, Al? We are. We are, we are. Um, but that last bit of news that, that we left out for right at the end of the show, when companies fight, um, they have spats, you know, competitive companies. and um, that All over the interwebs yesterday, Metalogix is for sale. Or so, Avpoint have been telling everyone who wants to listen that Metalogix is for sale. To such an end that they've actually created their own campaign on Avpoint.com to say, you know, you know what the thing is, I, I think, uh, what was his name, the guy from the American president that says he talks about Bob Rumsfeld, right? That you take a bunch of God-fearing people, right? And you instill the fear of God in them to manage them and yeah man go on to the Avpoint site or just go into Twitter and search for it and this is what they've done they've, they've even if Metalogix was for sale the, the fact that you are trying to elicit fear uncertainty and doubt in Metalogix customers so that they can move across to you is a bit uh, shady and underhanded and Metalogix's response was, was classic they took the high road yeah man um, so these are the times that we live in where companies would openly go and use tactics to... And then they hijacked a Metalogix ad word in Google so that when you search for Metalogix, the top one comes up that says, to the Avpoint blog post. Uh, it's amazing what Metalogix is. That's, that's, pretty, that's pretty wild. <laughs> and the crazy thing is, um, Avpoint CEO actually tweeted it. It wasn't a retweet because their CMO wrote it. It was a tweet directly from there. CEO of Avpoint. Uh, yeah. not a- That's pretty crazy. That's like, I, I don't know what the whole story is. Sounds a little dirty. Just At wild, the end man. of the day, though, I don't think it really matters all that much. I think, uh, I think the internet loves yeah. drama. I think at the end of the day, we're still going to do the same thing we do yep. every time where we say, okay, what is the situation we have here? What is the best tool set for the situation? Yep. Okay, let's do that yeah, one. But it's... it's- I don't think I don't think it, it changes much in either direction. It's a it's a great Americanism where Avpoint to shit old metallurgics. It's pretty rough. Yeah. All right, and that's it from me. I'm done. I've got another call now. Thank you all for uh, joining us today. 
If you want to find us online, you can find us at twoguysinsharepoint.co.za. We're also on Twitter at twoguyssharepoint. I'm on Twitter at oddmodlin and L is at Alistair And we will see you all next week. Ciao, ciao. Cheers, cheers. Normally, this is when this is when people hang up on you, Rod. This is what happens when people hang up on you. It's because you carry on like that. Why do you think I started a podcast, L? You are obligated for the <laughs> listeners to stay on the line with me and deal with my all oh, my so BS. So that it's BS. Suck That's it up. Okay. Moving along, we 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 digress in quite quite a bit.